Hi everyone, I'm Elise Marsh and I'm your host here on the Perfectly Wonderfully Made podcast. I believe the journey to becoming a parent allows each of us a glimpse into the heart of a creator who so desperately wants you to know just how chosen, designed, called, and beautiful you are. He sees you perfectly, wonderfully made. I went to Whistler two weeks ago now with my husband Jeff for four days, you guys. That was the longest we've been away from my kiddos and the first time we had been overnight together in over a year. I'll start with, I don't recommend going a year between overnight dates. You know, that's not such a good idea. But you guys, it was so good for us. Oh man, quality time, sunshine, gorgeous, gorgeous views, skiing, hot tubs, good food, and hanging out with my best friend. Oh, it filled my soul. So I have to tell you all about this spa we went to. It's a Scandinavian spa called Scandinav in Whistler. Okay, so it's, it's really that good. That's why I'm telling you. So don't worry, my friends. I'll be sure to link to it in the show notes page. So it's a silent spa. So there's no talking when you're in the bath areas. So this is how it works. There are these beautiful pools, steam rooms, dry saunas, cold baths and showers and relaxation areas all over the property. So you're supposed to soak or sit in a hot area for 10 to 15 minutes, get out, dunk or shower yourself in cold water for 20 seconds, and then sit in a relaxation area or nap, you know, napping (laughs) for 20 minutes. You repeat this process for a minimum of three to four hours for the full relaxation benefits. Okay, so Jeff and I stayed for seven hours. We napped. We did yoga, we read books, and just soaked in the silence. It's amazing. Just silence. It's so powerful. You guys, I've never been in a more relaxed state in my life. You have to go. If you're close to Canada, you have to go. It was so, so good. Man, quality time with my person, and I just feel like a new human. If you're married and you haven't had an overnighter or a getaway with your significant other recently, start planning it now. I know it's tough. I know it's hard. Childcare and all of it. It's an investment, but you won't regret it. We're going to work on doing better (laughs) at that this year. So start your planning now. Last week, I got a sweet note from a mama named Jill who recently had a baby and took my online childbirth class. She says, I want to thank you so much for the excellent online birth class. My good friend recommended it to me. I watched it a second time as I experienced prodromal labor for 48 hours. Oh, that's so tough. She goes on to say, I was able to have the vaginal birth I wanted. I pushed for three hours. I almost needed the vacuum, but I remembered you saying, you'll need to dig deep in the end. So I did. I had your voice in my head saying that I was stronger than I knew. While my midwife was stepping out to get the specialist, I gave that big, deep push and my baby made his way. It was awesome. So thank you again for the words that I needed in that very important moment. I won't ever forget them. Signed, a proud mama, Jill. 
birth can be such a rewarding experience, my friends. One you can look back on with such joy and satisfaction. I know you can have an awesome, awesome experience regardless of the way your baby enters the world. So do me a favor. Head on over to yourbestbirthcourse.com and enter the promo code podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at checkout for $50 off of the cost of the course. I don't know about you, but I need the word of God to sanctify me every day. That's a big word, that whole sanctification thing, to be set apart, to be made holy. Most of the time, I feel so far from sanctification. If I'm not filtering my life through the Word of God, the Bible, every day my eyes and my human desire draw me so far from where I want to be. And I'll tell you, it doesn't take much for me to be pulled away. Comparison gets me so often, you guys. It really does. I wish it didn't. There will always be cuter outfits, nicer cars, more beautiful houses, fitter bodies, smarter people, and certainly more accomplished people around me. If I even let my mind indulge in that daydream for 30 seconds, you know the one that, oh man, how nice would it be to have that, if only I had that, that daydream. It only takes a few minutes and I find myself having to intentionally, purposefully rein in my thoughts before they get out of control. It doesn't take much and I've got to get a hold of real quick where I let my mind wander. There was a moment this week where I had to really intentionally snap out of it and get my mind in check. I glanced into the rearview mirror of my car and I saw my babies, my beautiful, sweet children who light up my life. And you know what I heard? I heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit and he said to me, you are enough just as you are. Am I enough for you? Will what I am today in these moments be enough for you? Oh man, (laughs) conviction, just straight to the gut. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit washed my mind with truth. The Lord's presence is so powerful. I'm so thankful for it. It's undeniable. His glory is unmatched by anything in this world. As His children, we have access to this immeasurable glory every day. Every day, my friend. My almost five-year-old, she's going to be five in like less than two weeks. She has been asking and telling everyone she's around this week, do you know that God is my dad? Did you know that I'm his daughter? The simplicity and power in those words, yes, you are my sweet girl. You are the daughter of a king. And any five-year-old girl knows exactly what that makes her as the daughter of a king. It makes her a princess. I pray that that truth settles deep into the core of who she is and never, ever leaves her. You will find the Lord in His Word, my friend. His Word is life. It is living, breathing, and life-giving to me, and I know it will be to you as well. I know so many of you listening today already understand this. There are things only the holy, God-breathed Word of God can do for you this week. So press in press into the word, let it wash over you, 
and be faithful and wait and expect that the Holy Spirit is going to do something new in you. You are about to hear from one of my bestest of friends, Bethany Curtis. Bethany holds the record for my longest friendship to date. Her nickname from childhood is Boo, and if you hear me call her that on the show, it's just because I've been calling her that since fourth grade. This girl has been such a rock in my life. I pray that each and every one of you has a friend like my friend, Bethany. We've walked through so many seasons of life together, puberty and boys, dating, college, finding our identity in Christ, getting married, babies, loss and trauma, and all of it. She is that person I come back to time and time again, and I know that I am unconditionally loved for who I am no matter what. We took turns making poor choices and supported one another as we came back to our senses. Mostly it was me coming back to my senses, but it was good. I know you will love her like I do. Okay, because I was just in Whistler, I'm going to tell you a Whistler story about Bethany and I. So we were in eighth grade on a family vacation with my family. Bethany went on all of our family vacations with us. And now that I have my own kids, I understand why my parents let us bring friends on trips. (laughs) Well, Bethany has kept me alive more than once in my life. I'll just say that. Anyway, I may or may not have accidentally almost burned our hotel down. A dry sauna and my ski pants might have been involved. I just remember Bethany laughing at me as the entire hotel was being evacuated and all of the fire alarms were going off. I was so embarrassed and so freaked out. She just kept telling me it would be fine and I was an idiot, but that it would be fine. (laughs) So weird, you guys. But while Jeff and I were in Whistler last week, the fire alarm went off at the hotel Jeff and I were staying in and everyone evacuated to the sidewalk in front of the hotel. There wasn't a fire and everyone was fine. But as I was standing outside in the front of the hotel as the fire truck pulled in, I just had this funny sense of how full circle my life had come in that moment. How much has happened from one experience to the next. Bethany has been in so much of that space with me. She is a wife to her husband, Jake, a mama to her daughter, Elsie, and has her master's degree in special education. She teaches at an international school in Thailand right now, you guys. Bethany has lived all over the world and has a depth to her that comes from learning from so many different cultures and different kinds of people. I love this girl. I love the way she sees the world, and I can't wait for you to get to know her. Here we go. I've got my um, honey lavender stress relief tea. It's like my new nighttime relaxation. Do you drink tea, Bethany, or just just coffee with a whole bunch of creamer? Oh my gosh. How did you know? Stop. (laughs) Because I know you. Yeah, Um, that sounds so good. And I like haven't been enjoying my coffee for like probably a year or two. And I'm realizing that it's because... I want so much cream and sugar and these countries don't have creamer. So oh. yeah, basically what I'm realizing is I don't actually like coffee that much. I like the cream and sugar <laughs> and I wish I liked tea, but I, I like like milky teas. Like, yes. like, like, uh, um, London fog. 
Oh my gosh. Western Washington University, this one cafe where you went, where we would go and study, made a London fog with lavender. Yes, uh, that's the best. That's the best. Yes. Uh, and it was like the greatest thing I've ever had in my life. And I got obsessed and then I left and I've never been able to find one again. Okay. Do you know who makes those really good? Is no. they have them at Malibu at the coffee shop. That's when I ever first oh. had one. Get out. Yes, that I was like sounds... in high school. And I was like, oh, is this a Canadian thing? And They had them not. in high school? Yes, when we were at camp as campers. You did not tell me about this. Oh, <laughs> okay. yes. Come Shoot. on. Yes, so good. Um, well, so, I'm thinking I should switch to tea. You, you're inspiring me. But I do like lavender lattes. That sounds amazing. Do you make them yourself? No. Anthem does and like oh. it's an espresso infused lavender. So it's like the espresso has lavender in it. Oh my gosh. It's fancy. But um <sighs> okay, so so side note, if you're really not enjoying coffee, this is a healthier version. Um I try to only have coffee like once a week, otherwise I get like headaches if I have too much, you know? Yeah. Um yeah. so nut pods makes like a whole thirty version of like a coffee creamer, but it's just, it's like coconut cream and almond milk oh, cream, nice. but it's like, doesn't yeah. have sugar in it. It's like oh, sugar free, but it's like creamy. So you don't get yeah. the sugar, but you get the creaminess that you need out of the coffee creamer. That makes sense. Nice. Nice. I um, can't believe you asked me that right away. I'm like, <laughs> I've just been realizing that I really am mostly drinking cream and sugar with a little bit of coffee. Yes, I That's know. Funny. That's okay. I used to be a lot like that. Um, yeah. And then, so now I just like, if I have to have a latte or or coffee in the morning because I, you know, just life and kids and I didn't sleep or I was yeah. at a birth or something, that's what I do. And then I do um, tea the rest of the day. Because cool. in Washington, it's like dreary and cold and freezing your buns off like, yeah. the whole entire year. Something. And you have to have like, otherwise I just feel like cold in my bones all oh, the time. Totally. And you know. You can't. Yeah. It's the only way to get warm on the inside. Yes. Like drinking something really warm. Yeah. Yes. And and I sound like such a wussy saying that. Like I live in Washington. People are like, you know, the Dakotas are probably like, you're a wuss. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it rains a lot here. Uh, yeah. I love you. I'm so glad you're here right now. This is so fun. I'm like, I could, I mean, I know I could talk to you for like forever and all night and I, well, all night for me, all morning for you, but I'm excited for the world to get to know you. This is so fun. Yeah. I'm just happy it's your night and my morning (laughs) because I don't think I could do all this at the end of a long day so. no hey but Oops, i put you. my kids to bed and then come out in the cabin and i have my hot tea and it's i turn i blast the heater in here and <sighs> i just get to, it's my it's fun it's super fun sounds cozy and it i wish cozy. i were there i know but do you have the sun okay so tell everyone who are you what does your life look like where do you live what do you guys do tell us about you boo Okay, so yeah, I'm Bethany, and I'm currently living in Bangkok, Thailand, with my husband, Jake, and our daughter, who is 15 months, Elsie, and... Elsie yeah, Kate Curtis. Elsie Kate, <laughs> yep, and we are teaching in Thailand. Yeah, yeah. that's so awesome. How, have you, how long have you guys been in Thailand? This is our first school year. So about eight, 
eight or nine months, I think. Eight or nine months. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're getting to the end. Yes. We are living for the summer. Currently. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have three days until spring break and then it's downhill from there. It's downhill. And then we'll fl fly to Washington. That's so fun. Okay, so yeah. um, tell everyone kind of like where you guys have been. How did you get to Thailand? Okay, well, I met Jake in South Africa our junior year of college. We were studying abroad, and we were only there for about six months and went back to the States and finished our degrees, and then we moved to Korea to teach for a while. And then I moved to Turkey with my sister and Jake stayed in Korea and then he moved to Italy for a while. And then we moved back to the States so he could get his official teaching degree and we got married. And then we went to Costa Rica for a stint for student teaching and then moved to Doha, Qatar and taught the last three years. And then we were ready to move somewhere else. And we just went to a job fair. And th this is what we found <laughs> that worked well for Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. Thailand. And as amazing as Thailand is and sounds to people, um, it was not our top choice at all. We had traveled here before and it's beautiful, but it definitely wasn't like our favorite place in the whole world. And so we're here now and it's it's good. We like the school and the community, but Thailand itself is quite hot and uh, quite buggy. Hot. <laughs> and, yes, lots of mosquitoes and we both get just eaten and destroyed all the time and now Elsie does too. So that's fun. So we're here and it's, it is beautiful and lovely, but it's not the Thailand that... Um, Americans are thinking like, oh, let's go vacation in the islands of Thailand. We're just in the city quite far from all of those beautiful places. But we get we get to explore them on our days off and all of that. But I would love to be sometimes uh, just home in, in the rain in your little cabin listening Aww. to the, the Washington drizzle. So, But anyway, we're here and, and it's good. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, so you guys are like almost done with one year in Thailand. How long was your contract? It's a two-year contract, so okay. Yeah, we're almost halfway through that, and then after the, we fulfill the two-year contract, it's just one year at a time after that. Okay. So, are you guys thinking mm -hmm. like you're gonna? Obviously, you're gonna do another year, but and then just take yeah. it, do another job fair, or just take it as it comes. We, yeah. So the plan was to stay a little bit longer here because, mm -hmm. um, well, it was. It's hard moving around yeah. the world with the baby and, and getting settled. And this is a better school than our last one. So it looks good professionally to stay, you know, longer than your contract. So we're thinking three to five years. I think we came here thinking five and we're currently thinking three. <laughs> but that that could change. And there's it's pretty normal to experience a bit of a slump around six months in like moving to a new place because you're like oh it was so fun and exciting at first and right kind of real life kind of settles in yeah yeah so so we'll see I think we'll I think we'll say three uh for sure and then we'll just talk about it after that Jake says that's his favorite thing about uh living overseas and teaching overseas is we're never 
really stuck two years is the most that were stuck anywhere and it goes by pretty fast with the summers at home so so we can always I mean we we reevaluate often like yeah okay what are we thinking so yeah yeah that's so cool oh I just love it I love it (laughs) well I miss you don't mean to be honest I know and I I miss like you know childhood friends and some of those relationships from home and yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So cool. Okay. So tell everyone, like, how did you and Jake like fall in love? Like, tell us your your love story, Bethany. It's a good one. Like, it's been it was you know a lot of th- you know yeah. travel and being in different places and countries yeah. and seasons yep. and just a lot. Like, t- t- tell us yeah. how how did you fall in this in love with this man, Jake yeah. Curtis? Okay. Well. Can I start with, um, at, we were at Destiny's house. It was January 10 years ago, I believe. And before I left on my study abroad trip to South Africa, you were showing me Jeff's, like, MySpace, I'm pretty sure. Oh, God. And you, you were just hearing about or getting to know yeah. Jeff, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. January? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We started so- dating, like, January uh our first like official date was like January 5th of 2008. Okay. Yeah. So I left January 13th or 15th or something. And yeah. And that, that's the trip that I met Jake on. Uh, We had a, there, there was about 50 Americans all going on this program from all different universities in the States. And we had a stopover in London and I met him there briefly and everyone, you know, says, Hey, where are you from? What, where do you go to school? And so he said he was from Arkansas. And I was like, yeah, okay. I have no idea (laughs) what that is or what to say to you. And so that was pretty much it. And I said, you know, I'm from Seattle area. And he's like, Oh, cool. Awesome. Washington. And I just like, didn't even know what to say about Arkansas. And that was kind of the end of that. And then it wasn't um, until two months into our trip like we got to South Africa everyone settled in had their own friends whatever there was a spring break trip and so all 50 of us came back together and went on that trip and he had heard that I went to Liberty (laughs) University and that's about all he knew about me Um, so he thought he had me pegged as you know well a Liberty (laughs) just really conservative Christian, closed-minded person, and yeah. which is so, totally not the case, <laughs> right? Well, Funny. I yeah, yeah. Hope hopefully, well, yeah, not that not that's the closed-minded bad, part, but <laughs> yeah, not the closed-minded part. So, anyway, on this spring break trip, one of the first nights, they just assigned everybody to cabins, and I it was Good Friday. It was right before Easter, and. Everyone was doing their thing and I went back to my room and I don't know, I was like reading or journaling and I had blue like jazz and I was all on this Donald Miller craze at the time. And Jake was in the room also Skyping home and talking to people from home. And anyway, then I found out he didn't drink and we started just talking and hanging out and he thought he 
he knew what I would believe since I went to Liberty. But then I started talking like, no, it's all about relationships and loving God and loving others, not, you know, black and white following the rules and, you know, all this Mm -hmm. Donald Miller stuff I was reading. And he was like, whoa, what? And so anyway, we just started having good conversation and a lot of debates because (laughs) he, he grew uh, I mean, he's just a much more liberal Christian and person. So yeah. um, we debated and argued for, well, hours, weeks, maybe, maybe <laughs> years. years. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, that was fun. And we both, he, he was in a relationship and I kind of was, <laughs> tell you I was in two, but that's not true. But anyway, we, it was... <laughs> It was just an unclear time. So we hung out that week and just a lot more talking, a lot more music, a lot of listening to songs that we loved Um, on the beach. We're in like one of the most beautiful places in the world. So that was cool. But then anyway, we went back to our university and he ended his relationship and I ended (laughs) mine and um, we just started talking and hanging out and I was skeptical for a while. Like maybe this is just a like, you know, study abroad, a trip, a fling or whatever. But I actually called my sister around that time, Lacey and like told her I met the man I'm going to marry. And she was so mad of course, because <laughs> she, at the same time she wasn't studying abroad in Australia and New Zealand and she'd never had a boyfriend. And she was so excited to like find someone and meet someone and, She's like, and You've here you are a- calling. I have a <laughs> yeah, new boyfriend. <laughs> she's like, you always have a boyfriend. And you're, of course you did, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so yeah, but of course, like to protect myself, I was like, oh, it's going to end in June, you know. But anyway, his mom visited South Africa and I got to meet her. I'm sure she thought like, what the heck? new girl this is yeah and then my mom also came and she got to meet him and so yeah we kept dating went back he went back to Arkansas I went back to Virginia and this story could be too long so I should wrap this up and then we (laughs) we dated long distance and then we graduated drove across country and went to Washington planning to move to Korea that fall but that fell through for a few months so I remember we were stuck in Washington for a while um and that was just kind of awkward and confusing but anyway we moved to Korea and started teaching we just wanted to uh travel and get paid you know after going to school for so long and anyway that was good but also bad and we (laughs) why (laughs) was it bad Bethany why was it bad so so yeah, Jake was on a different page than me for a while. Um, his, well, in my opinion, um, he, he respected his dad a lot and his dad had passed away his freshman year of college and his dad, um, didn't grow up. Jake always said until he was like 30, like he, he led, um, trips for, I think like troubled youth in the mountains and like did these kind of jobs and didn't like settle down and grow up until he was like 30. So Jake always had this plan. Like he was like, I don't want to just settle down and get married and have kids right now. So, and he, he's a dreamer. Like he's got all these 
crazy plans and ideas and he just wasn't ready to yeah get get married and then I don't know I think I didn't I felt the pressure from home from my like Christian community conservative community at home like oh well are you gonna get married and who even knows what I wanted at that time I just felt that pressure and right anyway I I was done in Korea because it wasn't um, it was teaching English. It wasn't teaching like in a proper school. And mm-hmm. I was a certified teacher and he wasn't. And I was like, this is not teaching. I don't want to do this much longer. So I finished my contract. And then my sister, Lacey, was graduating from Western with an elementary ed degree as well. And we were both like not ready to settle down in yeah. suburban Washington and start our elementary classrooms. So we were like, let's travel and do something. So we moved to Istanbul together uh, which was great for our relationship because we hadn't been close. So it was fun uh, to go on an adventure together with her. So we moved to Turkey and started nannying um, for some families there. And then Jake decided he really wasn't going <laughs> to grow up uh, without <laughs> without me around. And so we broke up. And that's the short version. But it was really devastating and tragic yeah. and the hardest thing I ever went through. I just remember you were um, in Turkey and Jake was in Italy bike riding. Yeah, so or something. Yes, yeah, so he yeah, so he stayed in Korea a little longer than I did and then he used all his money on this gorgeous amazing bike that he built and gathered all the components and made this dream bike and moved to Italy to ride his bike in the Alps. Um and he, and good for him he did, but he he was making pennies he was an au pair uh for an italian child and he was in school all day so jake was riding bikes in the alps and doing all the tour de france routes and he he loved it and it was a great time for him but he also spent some time um finding himself and reading and deciding what he really wanted so after much uh time apart and pain and some betrayal and just total frustration on <laughs> on my end uh, oh, yeah. we, we didn't we didn't talk for a while and I learned a lot of I think we all know that those devastating times are when God feels the closest and I just I totally treasure that time now but yeah. it was so it hard was so hard it was so hard Um, but yeah, so I pretty much was just like, okay, are we going to get married or are we not going to be together? It wasn't Mm -hmm. like, let's date and find out. Like I, I just was all in or all out. And so we, yeah, he, he flew to, to Turkey and we talked and then we, I guess just decided to start going for it and then he finished his time in Italy and decided he's going to go back and get his master's in teaching so we could finally go internationally and teach at proper international schools like I had had set out to do and then yeah by the end of that year he we were both back in Washington he proposed and we decided yeah to go for it and get married so mm-hmm. awesome. yeah ooh, that's a long long story it's a great story there's so much packed in there yeah oh yeah yeah. i loved your 
wedding. Tell everyone about your wedding really yeah. quick. Short, short little bit. Okay. About so, the farm and all of that. Yeah. So I grew up in Orting, Washington on a f- dairy farm and it, we, we moved the farm in middle school to Yakima. So by the time my wedding came around, I think it had been sitting for about 13 years. Like there's 200 acres and it's, it was overgrown and the barn was literally falling over. But, um, Jake proposed in that barn on Christmas Eve and there was a Christmas tree and lights and tea candle, tea lights all over the ground. And Jeff was filming it hiding. And that was, that was all great. Anyway. So, we looked into Kelly farm and all these cool wedding venues and it was a lot of money. And I don't know, we just got this crazy idea to re like fix up the barn and have it there. I wanted and when you say fix up you guys, like yeah. you have to, you have to visualize like this yeah. dilapidated barn yes. and they literally everywhere. Yeah. Just cow yep. poop. And yep. they literally transformed it. All the family worked for yep. months and months and months. Yes. Transforming it into this gorgeous, like beautifully restored barn. I mean, it was incredible, yes. you guys. Beautiful flowers everywhere. I mean, it was just, it was insane. Yeah, it was. And a huge part of that was Mount Rainier. I pictured my ceremony just in a field. Like I wanted green with the mountain. So the ceremony was just in one of the fields. Like we just put up chairs and it was there and the mountain was behind us. And then the barn. Yes, my sister and brother-in-law and my brothers. For about nine months, we did some hard manual labor. Yeah, you <laughs> Like did. Hack- hacking down blackberry bushes and building all these um, flower pots and things for, for flowers. And yeah, it turned out really well. And Elise was my, uh, just, yeah, you were very helpful in the planning of the wedding for sure. That was fun. Okay. Was so, so, fun. so you and you and Jake made it to Thailand in current day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. were you guys like planning to get pregnant? How did that like conversation happen for you? Yeah. So, we both knew we wanted kids, um, but I have spent most of my life around children since raising siblings and then just working in child care and then watching my sister and brother have kids. And I, I knew how much, well, okay, I thought I knew, but I was well, aw- <laughs> I was well aware of how much work it is. So like Jake and I both love kids and we're married and we're thinking like, shouldn't we be wanting kids? But I think we both knew, well, saw how much work it was, um, without, without that like love of, Oh, this is my child. And and it loves me. We saw the work all the time. We would, we would babysit and have kids for, for days at a time. And I, I just was like, whoa, this is a lot of work. I don't know if we're ready for this. So anyway, we just kept wondering like, okay, when are we going to want them? And really it, this is so unromantic, but um, we, we were in a good place. We wanted to, I had some things I wanted to do before we started having kids and I, I ran a marathon. That was one of the things. And then uh, we wanted to, get out of debt. Um, we just had student loans that we wanted to pay off and, and we did, we got those things 
done and we were making uh, more money than we'll ever make again <laughs> because we're in the <laughs> Middle East and that's what they do. And so, and it was free there to have a child and we didn't know where we were moving next. And yeah. I knew, I know, I know that in Washington, the average cost is $10,000. And so we kind of were like, maybe let's do this now while we're here. When we and can save $10,000. <laughs> yeah. Like we're, we're in a good spot to do this now. And we, would like to adopt and I I had always dreamed of adopting first um for a couple of reasons but I started just getting older and realizing like there's not a time limit on adopting but yeah there's a time limit on my body and for how long I can have kids and so if sure. I want to have one maybe I should start doing that now because Cause you never know like yeah. if you even can or if it'll work. And so, yeah. so anyway, yes, we, we were ready to start trying. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. So mm -hmm. fast forward, you're in Qatar and you're yes. pregnant with Elsie. Yes. Talk about like, what is maternity care look like in the Middle East? Like, what was that process like for you? Like, I remember just, you know, talking through like, okay, is this normal? And how do we do this? And yeah. is this going to happen? Like, is Jake even going to be allowed to be in the delivery room? Like, talk oh, us yeah. through like birth in Qatar. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about some of those concerns I had. Yeah, there there were a couple hospitals, not that many, that expats could go to where the man could be in the room. But culturally, the man didn't want to be in the room. The woman didn't want the man in the room. Like, they just, they didn't do that. Um, yeah. The, the woman would give birth and then there would be a, a nurse that, like a nanny nurse, not not the hospital staff, but somebody that would, would take their baby and and go from there. So definitely I did my research on different hospitals. I actually went to three. <laughs> I just really wanted to feel good about the doctor. And I kept thinking, come on, like you're crazy. You're not going to get someone you feel good about here. Yeah, It's just not going to happen. Like there's a language barrier, yada, yada. But I, I just kept trying and I found this woman who was awesome. Like I could communicate with her without any kind of barrier. And she was sweet and comforting, but very helpful. Anyway, I felt so good about it. I was so excited, um, to have found that. So, which is awesome. Yeah. I think most people, I don't know if they would have been as determined as you, boo. Bethany. <laughs> uh, well, and I just kept wondering the whole time, like, am I crazy? Is this stupid? Should I just give up? But yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it really worked out and I'm sad. Maybe it doesn't work out for everyone and they keep looking, but I, yeah, I just wanted to feel comforted. Like I'm all about yeah. that bed, bedside manner. And some of the doctors I saw, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so awkward and uncomfortable with you. Like, how is that going to work? So anyway, I not very well. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, it ended up being the, uh, ugliest like worst looking hospital in Qatar by far and they have a lot of very fancy hospitals that are basically look like hotels they're very nice um but this one was just ugly and there was no parking it was in a terrible 
area. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like yeah. I like this lady and I like the nurses and it, it worked out well. So yeah, Jake, Jake was allowed in the room. I still think that, I don't know. I think with C-sections, men couldn't be in the room maybe. So there was, there was that concern, but luckily I didn't have to deal with that. So that's awesome. Okay. So, yeah. so what was labor like for you? Oh, well, I just was reading over my, my notes in Elsie's journal to try to remember everything. But I, so I worked until through my 39th week and then I went home and it was, it was the day of Christmas break. So every, all the teachers, you know, are living for the vacation and left town immediately. And we were like, okay, here we go. We're going to have a baby. So I went home and just, you know, nesting, getting the house ready. And then the next day was Friday. Jake and I went on a walk to the uh, Corniche, a little walkway along the water. And that's when I felt the first contractions and of course Jake's like oh my god we gotta go let's get out of here <laughs> I'm like no it's fine like just keep breathing and walking and I was like whoa okay these are contractions I never felt leading up to that anything like people yeah. feel little ones or whatever I had never felt anything so we that was Friday we go home and then in my notes, it says I, I talked to Elise on the phone a lot for advice and encouragement. And then at 7.30 Saturday, which was Christmas Eve, um, that's when we decided to go to the hospital. And I, there's a whole background story about having her due date be on, be so close to Christmas. So her due date was the day after Christmas and it was Christmas Eve. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like the contractions will stop. We've got to wait until after Christmas. Like she can't be born <laughs> on Christmas. Wait till after Christmas. She's not going to be born on Christmas. And so, but yeah, they just kept going. I was on the ball a lot. I was in my bed and you, I, I FaceTimed with you and you kept saying like, you know, stay there and be comfortable and breathe and do all these things, take a bath. So I did those things. And I don't know, at some point, I think maybe I talked to you or something, but we decided like, okay, we should, we should probably go in now. And I got up to, I think, take a shower right before we were going in. And there was the mucus plug. So that was a sign. And I, I was mm -hmm. like, okay, good, let's go. So we drive into the hospital and get on the bed. And I think we left like the bag of all Elsie's baby things in the car because we're like, okay, we'll just get checked. Like baby's not coming on Christmas. And the doctor's like, she was just ending her shift and she was still there and came in and she's like, well, you're not going to believe this, but you're at eight centimeters. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> like, obviously thrilled. I mean, yeah. it was the biggest confidence booster ever because I'm just thinking, oh, I'm at eight. Just got to go to 10. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then it got, it got, well, okay. The pushing got hard, but uh, from while I was at an eight, um, until nine and a half or something, it was, it was about two hours and I had my headphones on and I was listening to a meditation app for, for pregnancy and delivery. And it was really helpful. And I kind of just got in the zone and had the lights off and I did 
I did not have any of these amazing like birth center uh, <laughs> yeah, facilities. Yeah. Like I, there was no bathtub. There was no, yeah. um, she, she told me there would be a yoga ball. It was like deflated and I could barely <laughs> sit on it. I was like, Oh man. So I just kind of walked around in my room and s- sat with Jake, like did some of the little exercises you showed us in, our, in your class. Yeah. And and then I was at like a nine and a half. And by that point, it was hurting pretty bad. And I just was like, okay, I can't stay in this place. Like, what is next? Like, just whatever needs to happen next. Can it just happen? Like, I yeah. can't keep doing this. And she kept telling me, tell me when you feel like you need to push. And I don't know. I don't think I ever felt like I needed to push. But at some point, I was like, okay, tell her I need to push, Jake. <laughs> I I really don't, I don't remember feeling any like, oh, you know, my body is pushing. I just was like, I got to get out of whatever this is that I'm in. Like this hurts right. and I need it to end. Right. So let's push. Which is and so normal. Like that's exactly what you should be feeling. Yes, yes. Your body starts sending your brain a signal. It starts sending you all of these hormones and it's actually telling you, hey, you need to hurry up and get done. Like we need to have a baby. Your baby's low in the pelvis. We need to get this baby out. And what that usually translates into English is like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out. Like, I can't do this. This is not for me. Like this needs to end right now. And that's just that whole transition, like the end of transition, getting to complete phase is like literally that rush of hormones is just kind of being translated in your head. Like, okay, we need to, we need to get this done. And you get this kind of urgency and this kind of boost of energy to be able to push your baby out. Yeah. I was like, I can't do whatever this is anymore. (laughs) Whatever (laughs) Whatever you call this, whatever is the next step needs to happen. And so I never even heard that I was at a 10. I honestly don't even think I was at a 10. I don't know if that's bad, but I told her, look, I got to push. And then I just had no idea what I was doing and no coaching. I guess they just assumed like the nurses are going to come in and they're going to count or tell me what to do or something. It's Jake and I standing there like push what? I don't know how. I mean, there was a little bit of support, but it was not enough. And I didn't understand like how to push, which seems weird. I've heard people say that it was so natural. You just push. But for me, like getting through the contractions, I feel like I practiced that with you in your class yeah. and I felt like I was in the zone or whatever in a, in an okay place, but pushing and like, what, what do you mean? I am pushing. Like, I don't get it. I didn't get like where or how in my body I should push. And so that was a struggle, but I don't think, I think it was maybe like a half an hour or something. I, I was on my hands and knees, like over the top of the the, the, the bed. bed like the bed was tilted up yeah and I tried that for a while and then they f- had me flip over which I know isn't great but I ended up being on my back and I pushed and screamed a lot and Jake Jake freaked out because he saw her like give me an episiotomy or he saw her like reach for scissors or something. And he knew that I really didn't want that. And, and I had told her that like, if, if it's possible to avoid that, and if there's anything you can do, then let's try. But 
Anyway, so Jake was like, oh, no, when he saw her, her do it. <laughs> Way and to I go, guess, Jake. <laughs> yeah. And so right at the same time, he hears my scream, like, totally change, I guess, to, like, a different kind of scream. I don't remember it that way, but I'm sure that it did maybe cause the pain. So anyway, I screamed a new kind of scream. And then I did get hectic for a second. Like my legs were closing. Like I just kept trying to close my legs or something. This is all in a matter of seconds, but the nurses like pulled open my legs and started pushing on my stomach. And I don't know they pulled her out, I guess, but that hectic part was probably you know, less than a minute, but Jake, it was enough to like traumatize Jake for a little while, but. Okay. So talk just, me through this. Did yeah. you end up get, having an episiotomy or no? Yeah. She snipped. Yes. It, you did. Yes. Okay. I totally, yeah. I feel like I totally forgot that part or maybe I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I even told you that, but yes, she, she snipped and I know there's like a number scale, right? For how how much of an episiotomy you got or something or your people tear, say like your your tear yeah yeah I don't yeah. yeah so I think it was like a middle like not the worst but definitely got one second or third degree <laughs> so, probably yes it was second perineal. or third degrees yes yeah. yeah so that's tough then yeah and I just oh I remember being just relieved. and you didn't have any pain management at that point when she gave you an episiotomy no nothing good night <laughs> yeah so that's where the scream i think came from oh, <laughs> or like yeah the higher level scream or something i don't know mm-hmm. um yeah so then they put she her, must didn't have know. felt some urgency to have baby be born quickly i'm imagining like at that point for something yes at Yes. I don't know. They just came and pushed on my stomach real quick and told me to open my legs because something in me was just trying to like close or pull them together. I don't know. I don't know what what I was thinking, obviously. Well, well, if you just had an episiotomy, I mean, that's a lot of pain for sure. Yeah. You're not feeling relaxed and opening and um, no. Yeah. That's a really intense, that's really intense, Bethany. Whew. I'm getting sweaty just thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. Did you feel like that was like looking back? Was that traumatizing for you? Did you feel like that was, I mean, how did you Uh, feel after all of that? No, I didn't really. I mean, I felt like, whoa, that was tough. But I more was just, I don't remember the episiotomy too much. Like it was hearing Jake's recollection of it for the, the following weeks that, made me think like whoa maybe that was a big deal because he was he saw it and and heard it I wasn't really aware like I think there was so much other pain that it was just more pain so no I didn't feel like it was traumatizing it seems to get more traumatizing the more I talk about it now (laughs) um but no I felt like I I did it the way that I hoped you know best case scenario I I was hoping that I could do that but I had no idea if if I would want an epidural or or pain meds or anything so I I was I guess proud of myself for for doing now looking back I feel like okay I can be proud of myself for 
for getting through that. Yeah, yeah. you <laughs> certainly so can be proud of yourself. Good. Holy <sighs> moly. Yes, that is a huge, a huge accomplishment. Okay, so you've been a mom for over a year. Um, yeah. What do you feel like is kind of some of those big what are some of those big things that you've learned just becoming a mom? Um, you know, we didn't talk about this a lot, but you come from a big family of a lot of siblings. You've been yeah. around kids forever. You have tons of friends yeah. who have kids. Like, yes. how has being a mom yourself really changed your outlook on life? It's just freaking hard. Like, it's so hard. <laughs> and and I, I, I was aware that it would be a lot of work but obviously I had never done that with my own child that I can't give back to anybody so it yeah. just was even way more than I expected it's a lot of work and I think with maybe I don't know social media and and so many people that that are doing this all the time like it that make it look easy. I, I was just, I think probably I was like a little mad for a while. I'm like, this is so hard. Why are you making this look easy? Like, this is hard. This is not fun all the time. This is so hard. And so, yeah, that's really been my thing. It's so hard. And I don't, I, I know better than to complain to most people around me because they have way more kids than I do, or at, at least one more kid than I do. And so I'm like, <laughs> I can't say anything. I know it's even harder for you guys. I know, but I'm just amazed. I don't know what's so hard. I guess my time, I, I like time to myself. I like to be organized. I like to get through my to-do list. I sound like such a nerd right now, but I just... I thought I'd be able to, I guess I thought I'd be able to do all of those things and have a baby. So just my expectations of me and what I can accomplish have had to change dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, and that's been a struggle. Like, yeah, I just, I want to be able to do everything and get it all done and keep up and be a good mom. And oh my gosh, it's so hard. I don't know how how people do it. Like every day I'm like, Jake, this is so hard. How do people do this? And they have way more kids. And, um, yeah, it's just hard. And I had a, I've had a pretty big struggle with working, uh, full time and just trying to balance the guilt. I feel when I leave school at three o'clock because I should be lesson planning or the other teachers are staying to prepare more. And I'm like, wait, but I haven't seen my child today. And so then I go home and then I feel guilty leaving in the morning. Like, Oh, I'm leaving her for the whole day. And that's honestly just starting to get better. But for the first year, I mean, that was extremely tough. I just felt really torn between the two and Yeah, it's so yeah. tough. And I think being a teacher too, I think that's probably one of the harder professions to have, um, at least in a full-time capacity and being a mom. Yeah. yeah, there's always more you could be doing for your students. So you feel, oh, I feel selfish taking the time to go home and see my daughter. And then when I get home, I'm, I'm like, wait, I should just be with her. I shouldn't go back. Like I should and never go so back. Just, yeah, just trying to balance that. And just lately, I actually feel okay with staying after school a few minutes and doing the things that I need to do. But I, I used to just feel like every second I need to 
be with her, you know? Um, but, but I, in, I am grateful that I can work and, and be a mom right now. I'm just trying to figure out the balance because I think it's a whole nother kind of challenge to, to stay home all the time. And, and well, of course there are days that I think I want that. I, I think overall that I right, right now that I do better when I do go to work and have Mm -hmm. some things to do. Um, so for now it works, but the thought of more children and, and trying to do my job terrifies me, but we're not there yet. So yeah. I'll deal with tough. that later. Yeah, you will deal with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. I think your capacity mm-hmm. just grows. I mean, you just, it does. You do things you never yeah. thought you could do or would do or would have to do, but you just figure it out. I mean, I think whether you have one kid or five kids, you just figure it out. Um, at least that's what yeah. people tell me. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's what I see. That's what I see watching you and watching my sister. I mean, yeah. you do. You do what you got to do and... Yeah. yeah, moms are superheroes. Superheroes. I'm, so I mean, true. I'm, I'm amazed by mothers and single moms. I don't even know where to start. Like I'm blown away by by <laughs> single moms who oh, can yeah. work and and raise a family. It's just it's, it's so overwhelming to me, and I have so much help. Um, so it, yeah, it's just amazing to see people do it on their own. Yeah. You do what you got to do. That's like the yeah. mom motto. You do what you got to do and you yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, Bethany. So you've been through a lot in your life. I know we, we don't have to, time to talk about everything on the show today. And obviously we've walked a lot of years together. But um, what do you mm-hmm. feel like has kind of been one of the more significant circumstances in your life that the Lord's really just shown up for you and just really changed you and the way that you see the Lord? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I think that I would have to say, um, during my, um, breakup time with Jake, I experienced uh, the Lord like I never had before and it was in a just minute by minute day by day way like I needed him I I was living in a new country didn't really have friends didn't really know the language at one point didn't even have a job and then didn't have Jake and I did have Lacey <laughs> Lacey was there. Thank you, Lord, for that. <laughs> um, but that, but that was it. And um, I, well, I read a book and Boss Camp's uh, Thousand Gifts, and it just, yeah, I don't know. I, I found the Lord in a new way, and that was through gratitude. And I'm still, that's still the big thing that he is trying to teach me and show me and Mm -hmm. obviously having Elsie um there's been a lot of opportunities for that I'm just trying what I learned then was that gratitude unlocks the present moment and I've always struggled Mm -hmm. with I'm 
basically always in my mind in the in the future or the past mostly the future but I just want to be present and it's a huge huge struggle for me and I learn to rely on the Lord for everything um, in that time when I had nothing else and it was like it I was struggling like get up go to the bathroom go put some clothes on <laughs> yeah go yeah. eat a cracker eat and a I was cracker wow and I was I, I mean I had no appetite like for months I ate these Turkish biscuits that Lacey still brings me but I would just write in my journal like every single thing like yeah um person smiled at me like it's raining. Um, there, just any ran anything I saw. I mean, if if you haven't read that book, it's a great one. But it's just about naming all your gifts, and once you name them, like you're you you're overwhelmed by all of the what you have and, mm -hmm. and what the Lord provides. And so that was the time in my life where that started, and I'm still trying to learn this. And yeah. Oh yeah. It's just a constant struggle with my to-do list and all the things I want to get done and then just sitting on the floor with my toddler and you know I don't know reading a book or whatever she wants to do and I try to stay in that moment and not go off in my mind to all the places all the things I need to get done so yeah. that's still my my current struggle but I think that's what the Lord is trying to teach me and show me and like free me from in my life. Yeah. So good. I think yeah. every mom yeah. would like can relate to that on some level. Yeah. Like, you know, like, do you yeah. sit and play or do you do, <laughs> you know, I like, yeah, it's we, hard. Came, we came back from a, a trip over the last weekend and we should have, you know, it's like, okay, we were out of town with kids and husband and there's, laundry and bags that still aren't mm -hmm. unpacked and my closet is overflowing and Indiana wants to shoot stormtroopers. Like all I have to do <laughs> is play stormtroopers. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, okay, we're just going to sit and shoot imaginary stormtroopers with my two and a half year old. Um, and yeah. the laundry in the closet has been there like almost a week now and I'm like <laughs> I can't yep. I need to get it done and it just is like when 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 I don't yeah. know um because I'm podcasting right now so when mm -hmm. um but I think everyone at some level can relate to that just um you know being present like you know Shauna Nequist yeah. present over perfect I know you oh, love that book and yes. I love that book oh my gosh yes. it's such a great one um so good that one was a, a big that one you know oh. there's some books that just really stick with you like that one did yes. that one really did yeah for I me. It kept kept that one I'm like I'm gonna read this over and over again mm -hmm. it's like you gotta read reading. it like once a year <laughs> it's like a once yep. a year you gotta read that um oh totally. that's so good Bethany that's so good mm -hmm. okay what do you feel like God's doing in your life right now like in your season you guys are in Thailand working you've been at this marriage thing you know a bit um yeah what do you feel like God's doing in your life right now trying to Teach me to be content and and uh, not happy, like not happy every second, but okay with where I'm at, even if it's not happy. Like content with, like that I am enough. 
wherever I'm at, like at, mm-hmm. at work. Yes, I could be doing more. I always feel I should be doing more. I am enough. I am doing enough at home with Elsie. I could be doing more as a mom. I am enough just as I am. And mm-hmm. I am enough for her and with, yeah. with Jake as well. Just, yeah, I have this constant drive to be learning, improving and doing. And I yeah. get, which is such a strength and such an incredible gift that it you have. Is. It is, but it makes me crazy. I mean, yeah. I get really cranky. Like, for example, <laughs> I'm I'm just noticing these patterns um, in the last couple of months that, you know, I'm so busy all week and I'm working, working home with her a couple hours, going, 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 and I just live for the weekend and some time to spend with, with her and with Jake. And then when it comes and we're just sitting there, I... I have realized that I get cranky and it's because I'm not being productive enough. I want to be crossing something off of a list. Like I need to be Mm, doing something and it's a problem, you know, drive on that productivity. Yes. And yeah, it can be great for, for some things, but it's, it's going to kill me too because it, I'm going to be unhappy and unsatisfied if I'm not, doing something that I think is substantial enough to be crossing off of a list. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it's true. And I'm, and I've, I've started to notice that and I've, I've just found more ways to structure the day. Like yeah. not that we have to be going, going, cause that's not what I want at all, but maybe like we're going and doing this one thing. Um, so that there is still some downtime, but that it's not an entire weekend of just, just nothing. Like I, I try to keep a sacred time for my family, but then if we're just, if there's nothing to do in that time, I'm like, okay, actually this isn't, this isn't very fun. <laughs> like I need, yeah. So you want to have purpose in what you're doing. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to be content where I am and not always looking to summer or the next location. You know, we Mm -hmm. moved to this new school and we're like, okay, yeah, the school's pretty good, but maybe there's a better one. (laughs) And then we start thinking about another job and another location. And, and I just, I want to be here now. And I think that that's where the Lord is. And I think that you can be here now by gratitude. I think gratitude for me is, is the quickest and really only way I know how to make sure that I am right here right now. And yeah. And just knowing that. Yeah. It just brings so much joy. Yes. In your season. It's yeah. Yes. I used to worry like, I can't be here now. There's too many things to do. I have to think about all these things. And who's thinking about them if I'm not thinking about them? And <laughs> it's just, it's just crazy. And now I'm like, I don't even care. I'm not thinking about those things because I'm here now and I'm enjoying this. And this yeah. And yeah, I've, I've been meditating for a couple of years now and that really, really has helped it yeah. at the oh, end yeah. of the meditation. They talk about um, like trying to remember the practice that, that we just completed and remembering that a few times throughout the day and coming back to that feeling in that place. Mm -hmm. And that has helped 
that has helped me a lot. So yeah. Do you do the Headspace yeah. app? Which app on your phone? Yes. Do you? Yes, Headspace. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. some Headspace. people say they don't like the dude's voice, but it's fine for me. Another one that I I like is the Calm app. Have you tried that yes, one? Yes, I have. Yes, I have the Calm app too. They keep they keep wanting me to pay for the next part. Yeah, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. Have, I'm not paying for your I app. <laughs> I haven't paid because I already paid for Headspace, but. I, I watched a video or, or something with the guy and he, he was so authentic and true that I really, I like his voice now. I think, yeah. I think what I watched just felt so sincere. And so I like him a lot. Um, but the other one, do you know, expectful? Yes. 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 Okay. That's, that's what I use through pregnancy and that's what I use through labor. Um, I use that quite a bit and I really liked it and I felt so bad that I canceled the subscription but I was paying for two, two and I just was like uh. yes. but I plan to use that again um, for pregnancy and delivery because I found it I found it quite helpful yeah no I love the expectful app I actually have all my clients use the expectful app and the headspace app so and it's amazing. oh good yeah yeah it's so helpful yes. I talk about my classes a lot so it's super cool. super helpful maybe we'll get them to give us like a promo code or something for my listeners let's, yeah let's work on that um yeah really that would be awesome okay you're amazing I just love you're you. amazing <laughs> I hey I'm amazed by you and you doing all of this and I'm so proud of just your whole journey the last couple of years with all of the childbirth education doula po uh, podcast like you are brave and courageous and I think a lot of people are benefiting from it so and I know I know that it all comes from a sincere and authentic place because I know you and so yeah Thanks, way friend. to go thank you okay what's yeah. one thing that you is like saving your life right now one thing oh okay well I was ready for this question and one of them was the meditation <laughs> apps and you already talked about that so um I have to say Sunita she is our nanny and one benefit to living in Thailand is that um you we can afford to have a full-time nanny but since we arrived and Elsie was six and a half months old maybe I just had to go start work nine hours yeah. a day and I have never once had any concern about the well-being of Elsie like um Sunita is amazing and loves her and just fits in so well with our family and so I feel like I need to give her a shout out and credit <laughs> that's amazing I, I mean, I couldn't be be working, having an yeah. income. I, I couldn't do any of this without somebody taking, like, perfect care of Elsie. And so I'm going to say Sunita. And yeah. then slash Jake, because Sunita's gone on the weekends, and Jake really steps in. I feel like we we tag team, like, okay, I'm out. I can't do anything <laughs> else. Like, it's, I'm out. It's your turn. It's your turn. And he he jumps in there all the just all the time and loves to and there's there's no like me having to ask him to yeah to do more for Elsie like he is 100% with me on board and we we share uh the the work and and the joy I yeah guess. yeah the good and the bad yeah. 
That's amazing. So Sunita and Jake. Sunita and Jake. <laughs> one okay. Thing. Love it. Okay. Bethany, yeah. thank you so much for spending time with me. Thank on your you. Sunday morning. You. This has been fun. To yes. Oh, thank you. You're the best. I love it. It's been fun. I hope you guys have enjoyed that conversation. I love how honest Bethany is. She is always so honest like that, you guys. Motherhood is hard sometimes. We know that. Our expectations of ourselves just have to change when we become moms. I mean, when we when we become wives, our moms are anything for that matter. We can't do it all and make it look perfect. I love the way Bethany shared about that. Working full time, it's hard being a mom and that mom guilt is so real. But you know what? Moms are superheroes. This is true. I loved when Bethany shared how gratitude unlocks the present moment. How good was that? Oh man, I can work on that so much in my everyday life. Be encouraged today, you guys. You are enough. You are enough, mama. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Okay, don't forget, head on over to the show notes page. Lots of links, lots of goodies, extra photos, all kinds of awesomeness over on the show notes page. Go to elisemarsh.com slash podcast. All right, my friend, if you like what you've been hearing here at the Perfectly Wonderfully Made podcast and you want to show your support, here's what you can do. You can subscribe in your podcast app if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode. You can leave us a review on iTunes. These reviews are not about me, but they really do help others find the show. I'd love for you to go find me on Instagram at Perfectly Wonderfully Made for updates and photos and all kinds of good stuff. Okay, sweet listener, if you've been encouraged today, would you share the show with a friend? That would mean so, so much to me. You guys know I've put my heart and my soul into my new online childbirth course. I really do believe it's going to change the world. I know, I know, but I believe that with everything in me. Birth can be so powerful, so transformative, and such an incredible season of your life. I want everyone to have the best experience possible. So head on over to yourbestbirthcourse.com and enroll in my online course. If you guys have questions about any of the content, about how it works, don't hesitate to reach out and message me. You can email me at elise at elisemarsh.com. And don't forget, I've got that promo code for you, podcast at checkout, P-O-D-C-A-S-T for $50 off of the cost of your class. I am praying for you this week, my friend. Have an incredible week and I will see you next time. Bye.